hard to not Cause the dreams bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Close to the ones who Episode 16 Dot one, 1967, my current weight, 274 pounds. I start out each episode with this introduction so that in the middle of this, you'll understand why we're saying what we're saying. And I have stage four cancer that is terminal. I want to tell you my story of a wonderful and amazing life I've had. I've also had a minor stroke, so I talk slow. And for that, I apologize. I always tell people I talk like John Wayne from Chicago. I also want to say thank you for your support to all the nurses at my hospital, to all of you that believed in me and kept pushing me, keeping me alive by doing this. I never thought there could be so many sweet people gathered in one place, honestly. Thank you again, from me to all of you folks at the hospital. It was summer. It was August. I went to spend three weeks at my grandma's house in Springfield. Grandma Grandma Angie B. Clark with an E, one of the first female lawyers in Illinois history. She had a lot of clout in Springfield. When I went to be with her for those three weeks, I never realized how important she really was. She lived upstairs of a house in her own apartment. The problem was she was getting old. She must have been in the middle, upper 70s. The flight of stairs, I remember, had to be like 15, 20 stairs to get up there. Boy, do I know how that feels. She made a cot in the front room for her to sleep on and let me sleep in her bed. Wow, I thought that was amazing. And she snored, don't tell. At the time... I had long hair, bell-bottom jeans, a jean jacket, and a black T-shirt. That was my uniform. The only thing I was missing on my ensemble were moccasins. Well, after the first week I was there, she went and took me to a leather store and bought me a pair of moccasins. She asked me like two days before, what's the one thing in life you wouldn't need? I thought about it. I said, Grandma, I need some moccasins. (laughs) You know, 
when you're 16, you see a car. In 1967, when I'm in fifth grade, sixth grade, it's moccasins. So she bought me a pair, and boy, they were, I was afraid to wear them. I really was. But I had to break them in. So she had gone and enrolled me into a local YMCA. It was like a summer camp for a week that was held at the YMCA. So I would walk there by myself every day for a week, week and a half, something like that, and come home. And when I came home, she had something there for me to eat. And I always remembered the smell of ripened bananas that permeated through the whole apartment. You have to remember, she didn't have air conditioning. Nobody had air conditioning back then. And it made it smell delicious. They were actually probably cooking in place. You know, with the heat, the heat rises and you don't really realize because you're in it all the time. Nobody had air, so they didn't know. All the windows were open. You slept with the windows open and you didn't worry about anything else because you knew everyone respected everyone else. Everywhere we went, we walked. One time, she made sure I was presentable. I said, Grandma, what's going on? Did you shower? Yes, ma'am, I did. Of course I did. Did you part your hair on the side and comb your hair? Yes, ma'am, just like you told me. We're going to meet somebody very important, and I want you and your best behavior. Yes, ma'am, I said, I can do that. We walked and walked and walked. Oh, my goodness, that woman, she could walk. I was watching the Capitol building getting closer and closer in Springfield, and we finally were at the steps of the Capitol building, and we walked in the guard, greeted Grandma. Hello, Miss Clark. She reciprocated. Hello. Is he in, she said to the guard. Yes, ma'am, he's in. I was obviously oblivious, I'm sorry, I was oblivious to everything around me. Everything seemed so gigantic. Everything was in marble. I didn't know what that was at the time, but it was beautiful, and it had a smell to it that marble has. Uh, we walked up the flight of stairs past this guy's secretary and with proper greetings, of course. And then there was a bald man sitting 
behind a bunch of glass. His door was open. He beckoned my grandma in, and my grandma said, I'll leave you here with the governor. The governor? I really didn't know what that was, but she's leaving me alone. I'm in fifth grade back then. We didn't care about that, you know. Chasing girls is all we cared, and snakes, and fishing, and no such thing as a governor. Anyways, young man, come in here and sit beside me. So I did as I told, uh, was told. Young man, do you know who I am? No, sir, I have no idea. He says, I'm Governor Ogilvy. I said, nice to meet you, sir. Do you know why you're here? I said, whatever it is, I didn't do it. He started roaring, laughing. You're a funny young man. Little did he know I was serious. He said, your grandmother is quite an important person around here. Well, that made me feel good, I thought to myself. She has convinced me you need a a scholarship to a military academy. I said, oh, oh no, sir. No, thank you. I can't leave my mother. Would I have to leave my mother? He said, yes, well, of course you'll have to leave her. It's an academy. I didn't know what that was. I said, I can't do that. She needs me. My sisters need me. Do you realize what I'm offering you, young man? I think you're saying I have to go to a school somewhere else besides home. Do you realize how many young boys would kill for this opportunity? I said, no, sir. I do. I really honestly don't. But I do know I can't leave my mother. He said, okay, young man. Would you like to shake my hand? I said, yes, sir, of course I would. He says, it's been a pleasure meeting you, young man. I said, you too, sir. Governor, sir. You're everything your grandmother said you would be. Thank you, sir. Can I go now? He giggled again and said, you can go. Grandma was waiting with the secretary. She said, how'd it go? Grandma, he asked me to leave mom. I can't do that. She says, you wait right here. She went in the office. I heard him talking back and forth. I could mumble. They were mumbling back and forth. I could see her face turning red. 
I could hear the word. I couldn't hear the words, but I knew she wasn't happy. And the the governor, you could tell, was holding his composure the whole time. When she left that office, she looked at me and said, let's go home. She didn't say a word all the way home. That woman could walk fast for being in her mid-70s. Oh, my goodness. I had to almost double time to keep up with her. Grandma, are you mad at me, I said. She didn't say a word. It was getting late now. We got to the apartment. She made a phone call, and I was on the next bus that morning going home. I never realized how much work she had put into this military academy scholarship and how embarrassed she must have felt. When I said, no, thank you, I have to take care of my mother. But I was going to find out. Trust me on that. Hey, Ma, please. I'm trying to do a podcast down here. Be quiet.